0: This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Eleni Anastos. You are the CEO of Eleni Anastos. Eleni, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with you, Roger.
0: And Lenny, we've been planning this for some time. I think it was over a year ago, like a year and a half ago that we first met and we met through LinkedIn and we finally did it after all this time. And and I so appreciate it. And we've got to know each other very well over that time uh, through various conversations. Uh, We were in a group together and it's just a pleasure to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. So, folks, today we are going to talk about money mindset. Eleni is a professional money mindset coach, and that is our theme today. There's several items we're going to talk about. Um, But the first thing I want to talk about, Eleni, is my favorite topic, and that is books. You just recently completed your first book. I know it's getting ready to come out. So let's talk about your book, My Reinvented Life. Uh, Congratulations, first of all, and tell us when it will be out.
1: The book will be released August 17th, so it's coming up soon, just a little less than two months away.
0: Fantastic. And uh, I love the cover, by the way. Uh, You have a a paintbrush in your hand. You have a baseball jersey on. I know you're from the Detroit metro area, and um, it just really captures who you are as a person. and. I I cannot wait to read it because, number one, I I know you, uh, but more than anything, uh, you went through this transformation, and we'll get into that a little bit today, but walk us through the process of your book and how it feels to to have it finally done and ready to come out.
1: Well, as you well know, everybody has a story, and I really believe that the trials and tribulations that we go through when we're ready to share, can be roadmaps, if you will, survival guides, well, better yet, thriving guides for someone else. And I went through an incredibly traumatic experience 10 years ago that turned my world upside down. Life has never been the same since. And it took a long time to go through the healing, and it was a journey. I mean, everything is a journey. And I finally got to the point where I think I need to share this because I believe sharing what I went through and how I healed and how I began again can benefit other people. And for me, it's all about finding purpose in the pain. And that's the subtitle of my book, Finding Purpose in the Pain. But I wanted the main title to be my reinvented life, because to me, that's all about beginning again. You know, it's hopeful, it's joyful regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what you're going through, and regardless of age, you can begin again.
0: Totally, and uh, I don't want to ruin your book or, or the story itself, but if you can just give us a little glimpse into um, the situation that, that happened without getting into too much detail, just so people could have an idea of where, where you came from and where you are now. Yeah.
1: Well, i was a teacher forever i was born a teacher it really was my primary identity i always knew i was meant to teach and i'm still teaching just in different capacities through my current business work and i'll never forget the day where i could no longer teach and it was an event that happened that was very traumatic and it was the aftermath it was how i was treated afterwards and yes, it is, all, it is all in the book, but it's, it includes betrayal, it includes the pain, it includes a lot of really rough details, but I decided to share, not, I'm not about revenge or retribution. I put no energy there. I really look at what happened to me when I was still teaching 10 years ago, that there had to be a gift in it there had to be something for me to learn to move forward. And that didn't mean I deserved it in any way. And for anyone listening to this, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, however traumatic, please know in no way, shape or form, do I ever think you deserved it or you asked for it. But when I talk about looking for the gift in the situation, to me, that helps the healing process. If there's something in this that I can learn, that's gonna help pull me forward, then that's what I'm going to focus my energy on. Again, not about revenge or retribution. And I could no longer teach. So I thought, now what? (laughs) That was my sole identity. Time to change. What am I going to do? And I started over again in my mid-50s. I started my first business in my mid-50s. So I really believe that as long as you're drawing breath, as long as you're willing to grow through what you go through, you can begin again.
0: Well, I love that. And I love how you say find the gift. Uh, I've heard people refer to it as miracles. So sometimes, even at our lowest moments, we could be at rock bottom. What is that miracle or what is that gift that we can find? Because that may be the very thing or, or uh, should be the very thing to help us you know, get to the next place and yeah. to grow as a person. So um, I, again, can't wait for this book and to read more in depth about your story. Um, where does this uh, money mindset come from? How did you go from being a teacher to helping people with um, you know, uh, money and money mindset?
1: It's a great question because most people think, how is that connected? And actually, even while I was still teaching for the last 10, 15 years of my teaching career, I also worked with business owners and I helped them get money when the bank said, no, I was connected to private funding groups. I was always trying to earn more money than because the teaching salary only went so far. So even though I love my work, I did what I could do to make more money. And I learned then, you know, early on that the vast majority of people have a very contentious relationship with money and still view it as that necessary evil, just something I have to deal with. And the reality is, you know, money is not the bad guy. Like anything in your life, you decide what meaning it has. So when my teaching career ended and I wanted to start again, I was speaking with a professional coach who also became a dear friend of mine. And we talked about that. We talked about all those times I loved working with the business owners, helping them get money when the bank said no. But what I instinctively did was helping them with their relationship with it. Because if you view money as that necessary evil, it's just something I have to deal with. I don't really think you're ever going to achieve the prosperity that you're looking for. So I knew that professional coaching was the path I wanted to take, and I have had I have multiple, you know, certifications. I've t- taken a lot of training, and I'm passionate about helping people with their money mindset because I don't ever want people to feel stuck. I don't want people to make decisions from a lack mentality.
0: Lenny, I, I have a kind of off the cuff question, which relates to the topic. Is what one thing I never understood from my own experience to just, you know, being out in the world now and in, in, in the workforce for. Thirty, you know, years. Yeah. Why don't why don't we teach more about financial literacy in the schools? What what is the what's the problem with doing that? Like, why why isn't that part of the curriculum? Kids come out of school having no knowledge. They could even go into college and, right. and sometimes graduate college and still not have any understanding of money. How yeah. come?
1: That's a great question, and I know for myself. I did what I could do in my classroom, within my little four walls, because I saw how important it was. And it doesn't matter to me if you want to make 50000 a year or $50 million or anywhere in between. What I want to see for people is that they're in the driver's seat. And I totally agree that, yes, educators across the board, we need to start there because even before you graduate, obviously, you know, you could have that summer job, you could be have that part time job, you know, working in a restaurant through high school, kids are already involved with money. And if it's seen as, oh, I've just got to hustle, I just got to work my, you know, you know what off to make this happen. I think that starts to build the contentious relationship with it. It's just something I have to do, as opposed to how can I, how can I make this happen? How can I earn the money that I want to earn in a, in a positive way?
0: Yeah, and I, again, I'm just, I'm just shocked, surprised. You know, if we, we think about how big our country is, every state, I mean, the, the states run the school systems. So why aren't they being more proactive with their students to put them through some type of a program? Because so I'll tell you a, a little story. Yesterday, I had lunch with a friend. I was chatting with a, the bartender before my friend got there. And, you know, he was talking about his own situation and uh, his wife's also uh, uh, in in the restaurant industry, but she wants to go into another industry, the financial industry. But he said she's very good with money and she always has been. He said so good that they've been able to buy their, you know, a home and and their cars and, you know, have the lifestyle they want because she's good with with their finances, even at, you know, uh, a salary that maybe not as, as, as high as others. So sure. it's, it's learning how to live within your means and all that kind of thing. But it's just you know, always perplexed me that um, it, it hasn't been taught in schools and at least to my knowledge, but coming from the school system, I was just curious on, oh, about your
1: absolutely. And And money is gonna impact everyone on a daily basis for the rest of our lives. So why shouldn't we have a better connection to it?
0: Yes. So um, I, I noticed a post you put up on LinkedIn re- uh, recently. You talked about shooting and self-judgment. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Why you put that post up and the meaning behind yes. it.
1: Well, and I often post things that I need to say to myself. I'm not afraid to look in the mirror. And I completely admit just recently there was a period there where I was shooting on myself. I should have known better. I should have made this decision sooner. I should have turned right. I should have turned left. And I know I'm not alone in thinking that way or in feeling that way. And when you should on yourself, you should have done this. You should have done that instead. You know, it's self-judgment and it's a slippery slope. And to me, that just keeps us stuck. You know, we can't move forward when we're judging ourselves, And then we get into resistance. But I think what's so vitally important is that we accept ourselves. And just like GPS in the car, you know, you put in your final destination, we all have goals and dreams, professionally and personally, you know where you want to go. You start off in the car, if you make a wrong turn, the GPS system doesn't say you're stuck, you're screwed, you have to stay here forever. You know, it says rerouting and recalculating. So why don't we have that much grace with ourselves? And that's what I wish for people. We're supposed to make mistakes. We're humans. But let's remember to have grace with ourselves and just recalculate and get back on track.
0: I love that. And I love that analogy. That's a good one because, uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, it doesn't know the difference. It just reroutes. And if we could train ourselves to pivot or reroute. When we are in those situations of, of self-doubt, self-judgment, um, that's a great way to look at it. And it's good to have those analogies or tips in mind uh, be, because then in the moment you're able to say, OK, yeah, I need to reroute this. I need mm-hmm. to go a different way. So I really I really appreciate how you uh, position that. And you got some really nice engagement on that post. So I wanted to point that out. Um, all right. So. Pretend I'm a client or a mm-hmm. prospective client of yours. Why would I come to you? What are you going to do to me? What type of people are you helping? And you know, how, are they finding, how are people finding you?
1: Great questions, thank you. Well, I work with entrepreneurs and executives and the C-suite group. And entrepreneurs first come to me when they feel stuck. They have already, maybe they've already started their business, but they've plateaued. They don't know how to take it to the next level. And money is always a recurring theme, by the way, no matter what category you're in, because I find most entrepreneurs do not charge what they're worth. And if you're always lowballing yourself, your skills, your expertise, just to get that client in the door that's looking for some kind of blue light special, then you're never gonna be making the money that you deserve, that you really desire. So for entrepreneurs, it's about helping them really own their worth, creating the right packages and programs that they can sell for premium fees and giving themselves credit for the skills and the experience that they have. And working with C-suite executives, I've worked with many that absolutely love, love, love what they do, but they have grown tired or weary of the corporate environment, if you will. So I let them know that they can do what they love, but from the outside going in. So I have helped executives, some of them leave corporate, still do the work that they love, but starting their own consulting business. So they're doing it from the outside going in and they're so much happier and they feel so much more freedom.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and look, you know, I, why I do this show and um, you know, my whole purpose is to have these real conversations. Um, yes, it's an interview, but at, at the same time, um, these conversations help me as much as they would uh, the audience, right? So I try to, um, when, when I have these conversations, really put myself um, in the seat of someone listening to this, knowing my own situation and, and probably knowing what some of the questions they may be thinking of. So um, the first question I have for you, Lenny, is a lot of people, as you mentioned, have a hard time even broaching the, the topic, right? If, if they have a concern or if they need help, right. what tips do you have for people to just get started to ask for help? If, if they're in a bad place, if they if they truly need help, but they're afraid, you know, they're fearful or, you know, they're they're just downright embarrassed.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a great question and you are spot on. So many people, it, part of it is the, the lone wolf syndrome where they think they're supposed to do it all alone. And the reality is none of us are meant to do this alone. Even like the term, I was having this conversation recently with a new client, the term self-made millionaire or self-made billionaire. Now, granted there are many out there that have achieved tremendous success But that whole idea self-made, you may have been the driving force, and I have infinite respect for that. But let's not forget, you may have had a mentor, or you you met somebody who gave you your first break, or there may have been a family member cheering you on. You know, I don't believe that anyone achieves great success in complete isolation. And again, going back to the self-judgment. And this helped me years ago when someone said I was going down that slippery slope. What would you say to one of your dear friends? Oh, I would never talk to my friend the way I've been talking to myself. So let's, as cliche as it may sound, let's remember to be a friend to ourselves. And if you keep hitting that wall, you're not attaining the success you want to attain and you've been going it alone. You know, wouldn't you encourage a friend of yours to seek help? if they felt stuck. So I believe we really have to support ourselves. To me, it takes tremendous courage to be vulnerable and ask for help. So I look at it from that perspective. You're standing up in your power and you're demonstrating courage by saying, I can't do this alone.
0: Great. Now, that kind of leads right into my next question, which is I wanted to talk about success at any age, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There could also be Um, you know, situations at any age where where there's, you know, financial concerns. So I I think it goes both ways. But um, let's let's focus on the success at any age. And and as you call it timelessness. Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. Why is that something that you have really focused on uh, with your coaching and with your career?
1: Well, after I went through the experience a decade ago that turned my life upside down. I lost count of the number of people that said, well, you should just retire. You know, you're already in your 50s, why bother? You can't start again. You know, and I never got the memo that I was supposed to be riding off into the sunset because of a certain age. And my mom, God bless her, she was 84 when she passed and she was critically ill, almost blind, on oxygen and constant pain. But that woman every day said, Every day you wake up is a chance for a dream to come true. And I don't believe we're past our prime, or I don't believe anyone else should decide when you're past your prime. And yes, I started my own business in my 50s. I'm currently 61. I made it on national television last year for the first time at age 60. There's so many examples out there, and thankfully to benefit all of us for people that did not let the ageism stop them from going after a new goal. I think of Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, He started it in his late 60s, became a billionaire at 80. Um, I'd love for somebody to go up to Betty White, I think she's 98 now, and tell her, you're done, you're past your prime. There's nothing left for you to do. so I there's always going to be, you know, the outside, the external forces telling us what we should do. Well, you're already this age, you're already that. I'm well aware of how old I am, but I've also become aware that it's their limiting beliefs. They think it's too late in the game for them to begin again or they're too afraid. Please don't let anybody else rent space in your head.
0: Awesome. So Eleni you, you mentioned mentors earlier. Um, that's something I'm always interested in talking to my guests about. I'd love to know some of your mentors, who they were, and whether they were, you know, could have been someone who wrote a book 100 years ago or someone that's alive today. But talk a little bit about the importance of mentorship and uh, maybe share some of your mentors.
1: Yes, I, I do believe mentorship is invaluable. Again, I don't believe we can be as successful as we're meant to be or want to be in total isolation. And I remember being very, very young. And I first read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'll never forget the the scenario in there where the young boy came home to his, you know, quote unquote, poor dad, who was his biological dad in, in the story, in the book, and was so excited about this bike he saw and he wanted to get it. Poor dad said, we can't afford it. And he was dejected and sad. Then when he went to rich dad's house, the first thing he heard was, how can you afford it? So even then, decades ago, when I first read that book, to just realize the different perspective, just because this might be what I'm hearing, you can't afford it for someone else to say, how can you afford it? Really lit me up. So I started, you know, seeking out people, about mindset and strategy from like Wayne Dyer, you know, people that, to me it's about taking your power back. And my current biggest mentor has been Kendall Summerhawk who's just a brilliant, brilliant coach, phenomenal with mindset and money. And as a coach, I get coached. And I think that's vitally important because I wanna keep learning. I'm not going to say regardless of age or circumstance, okay, I'm done. I know enough. (laughs) No, I want to keep learning. And mentors help us do that. Mentors help us see what we can't see for ourselves.
0: Wow. I'm so glad you talked about that. And I know David Nagel is another name, a gentleman that we are both uh, familiar Mm -hmm. with. And uh, he's also one of those mindset coaches who... Um, you know, I listen to him often because he just he helps me get back to, you know, center where I need to be uh, with, with a lot of different topics. So um, we we you know we need to tap into others uh, as mentors. I believe that as well. Um, and, and I'm glad you brought up that you yourself get mentored because I do the same thing. You know, I help uh, people write books, uh, but I also have my own coach for book writing. And sometimes we're the teacher, sometimes we're the student. And it's okay. None of us are above uh, continuing to learn, right?
1: Absolutely. I want to keep learning. I think that's what keeps us young. That's what keeps us vital. I'm never going to say, oh, I know enough. I'm good. I'm done. No. I want to keep learning and growing.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, Eleni, if you were to take out your cell phone right now and call your 20 year old self. Ooh. What would you tell her?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, I would remind that 20 year old, or I would say to that 20 year old that regardless of what happens externally, as long as you have faith, as long as you believe in yourself you're going to get to the other side and you're going to come out even better than you were before. So, you know, to not be afraid when, when shit hits the fan, to not be afraid when pain or trauma comes. Yes, fear to a degree, obviously, when something happens, especially when it happens suddenly and it's unexpected and we've all been thrust into a world nobody knew in the last you know, year and a half. But to keep that faith, to keep that drive, that as long as you're willing, again, to grow through it, you're going to get to the other side. Keep believing you're going to get to the other side.
0: So if you were to go back when you had your trauma, mm-hmm. knowing everything you know now, do you feel you have tools now that could have helped you in that situation?
1: Um, I've always had the the faith, the intestinal fortitude, but admittedly, I couldn't tap into it then because it was an experience I had no connection to. I had never gone through anything like that. So now, of course, having healed and having dealt with the trauma and PTSD and other things associated with it, I absolutely have more tools now that, because I'm not the same person I was before it happened, without question. I'm absolutely a better version of myself than I was then. And that wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Because when I saw myself not being able to get excited about the future, I knew something had to change. And regardless of how rough the road is to get there, I need to be able to be future focused. So yes, now I have tools in place that regardless of what comes my way, I'm gonna be able to keep my eye on the prize, if you will, and fight my way through it, grow through it.
0: You talk about uh, busting through uh, money and mindset blocks, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm curious, how do you help people that are in you know dire situations so maybe they filed bankruptcy, mm-hmm. lost their job, have tons of debt um, and and they're just they can't get out of their own head in order to even they don't know where to go next right What are those you know what, how do you help people that are at I would say rock bottom:
1: Yeah. And I know many of us know that feeling, and that's important to acknowledge it and give it its due respect. And again, many times it's through no fault of your own. You know, businesses shut down, things happen, you experience traumatic loss. And when you get to that place, I think it's easy to get stuck in the mindset of there's just not enough to go around, there's a limited supply so first and foremost it's helping people see that the money does exist the money is out there and as you know cliche as it might sound you know there there are universal laws that never take a day off like the law of gravity it doesn't matter if you're in a great mood or if all hell is breaking loose you know you throw the ball up in the air it's going to come down you jump up you're coming back down and there's also another universal law called the law of polarity You're 100,000 in debt. The 100,000 does exist, but it has to start with the belief that it does exist. And then we work at putting together the action steps that build the bridge that take you from the lack side to the abundant side. So it has to start, it's always starting within. We have to have the inner game worked out regardless of the amount of money that you need or regardless of how far gone you feel that you are
0: wow i love that and uh, it's just so great to hear that because again not too many people that i know of uh, understand the law of polarity we, we're just never taught about it but when you listen to people like uh, david nagel who talks about it a lot then you begin to understand that yes um you know the law of polarity is if there's uh, you know cold there's hot if there's you know poor there's rich if there's whatever it is one extreme to the other, but it's all part of that same plane, right? So, being able to one recognize it and then knowing that it is there for the taking. Um, I uh, David Nagel introduced me to a book called "The Science of Getting Rich." Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, Wallace Waddles. It was written Wallace over a hundred years yes. ago. Did yes. Did you ever read that book? Yes. So it's interesting. I, I bought the book on his recommendation, and it sat on my desk for a year, I would say, before I picked. And it's tiny. I mean, it's a, you read it. It's very thin. Yeah. Um, I, I just never did it. So I finally did it, and I was going through a, a little bit of a hard time at, at the time, and there was something in there. It was almost like an experiment, and I don't know exactly how it went. But basically, it talked about money as being energy.
1: Yes. And
0: um, really appreciating currency as it exists, because like it or not, we 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 need it in order to be able to do the things we want to do and to support our families and, you know, enjoy life. And, you know, that whole mindset of abundance. Right. So anyway, the, the exercise went like this. You know, when you see a penny on the ground, don't walk over it honor it like that's that's energy that's currency that that little penny could represent something much larger to your point earlier it could be a penny or it could be a million but it's still on that same plane so i personally started thinking about money differently and and honoring it as you know a part of life yes but not as this evil thing that um you know could hurt us so I don't know if you ever talk about this in your coaching, but I'd love to get your perspective on currency being energy. And is that is that something that that you do? Okay.
1: yes. Without question. I love that you brought that up because, yes, money really is energy and and it's neutral, though. I want to say that, too. Again, it really only has the meaning you give to it. So if you're going to get stuck as what you reference, you know, like money's the bad guy or money is evil, then you're always going to have that contentious relationship with it. And that's like acting as a repellent. You're not going to bring the money into you that you really want and need. And seeing that penny on the ground, respecting it. See, people let money control them instead of them controlling the money and the law of cause and effect. I think the vast majority of people that are having financial difficulties, think that, well, I mean, the reality is the money didn't cause your car to break down. You know, the money didn't make your pipes burst, but a lot of people act like that's the case, where if you flip it around, I'm the cause, the money is the effect, then you put yourself in the driver's seat. And it's not always negative when people say, yeah, but I have so much debt. I don't want to think about the fact I caused it. Well, then also think about what if things are going really well, like you have your highest sales month ever. Don't you want to know exactly what caused it? You know, did you raise your fees? Did you add a new product or service? Did you make more phone calls? So stop looking at it just as the negative, because when you put yourself in the driver's seat, there are no limits.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you bringing up the laws, uh, the universal laws again, something that's fairly new to me over the last, you know, 10 years of my life. I wish I had learned about universal law much earlier in life. Uh, But again, it's never too late. I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. Um, But I am just trying to bring more knowledge and information to others about universal laws, because you're so right when you use the example of gravity. It's always there. These other universal laws, we may not be able to see or measure as easily as gravity but it works the same it's it's the same exact thing and and you know even to the extent of when when we talk about you know how we treat people it'll come back and return you know Mm -hmm. it's it's these things that we've heard a lot of since we were young but uh, they are they are true they are universal laws or the laws of the universe that are inflexible it works every single time as long as you believe it you know wholeheartedly um it 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 will work so it's it's great to talk about these uh you know so important topics today um eleni how do people reach you if they're interested in learning more about your services what's the best way for them to reach out
1: well i am here on linkedin um Facebook, Instagram, and I am branded under my own name, Eleni Anastas. So you can find me there as well, elenianastas.com. And I'm always happy to have a conversation. You know, I think for, for all of us, again, because I still have mentors and I work with people, that sometimes just having that conversation adds another layer of awareness that helps people get on the right path, whether they're working with you or not. I think it's about gaining more awareness.
0: Awesome. And yes, and I uh, I, I do want to highlight that you did do a rebrand recently and I commend you. It looks awesome. And I love your messaging. Give us a little insight about that because a lot of people here on LinkedIn, you know, we we hear about branding and and talk about branding. Um, What was that process like for you? And what was the energy of of the rebrand? How did it impact your business?
1: Oh, I, I so appreciate you asking that. When I first started my coaching business, I had a very businessy name, it was Business Insights Now. And back then, I actually never thought of branding under my own name. And last year, well, it had been brewing for a while, but it was in the beginning of last year that I started to think, you know, what matters most? And at the end of the day, people buy from people. You know, there are millions of coaches out there. There are, you know, millions of the same product in one category. And I really think at the end of the day, people still buy from people. So I knew it was time to shift and brand under my own name, because cultivating relationships, and I know this is the same for you, is so important to me, connecting to cultivate. And I thought that was the catalyst that it was important for me to rebrand under my own name. And it was, it was exciting, it was exhilarating. It was, I was a little nervous, kind of like a schoolgirl. I mean, it was all good, but I knew it was the right time because I am the one that's on a mission. I am so mission-driven to help people live their best lives professionally and personally. I want everybody to be able to create the income and the impact and the lifestyle they desire at any age. So yes, I have learned a lot of tools. I have you know certifications, trainings, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that's on a mission. I want to help you. And from that perspective, it was important to me to rebrand under my own name.
0: Awesome, it's, uh, it's wonderful. And like I said, it's, it looks good, it feels right and no one could ever take your name away from who you are. Um, you mentioned earlier a little bit about the importance of relationships mm. and bringing value to other. And, and, you, and you said, let's have the conversation, right? So I notice a lot of people today are afraid to give value for free. Mm-hmm. So from a money mindset, how do you strike that balance between, okay, I'm gonna give this away for free, but as a coach, you know, if you want more of this, um, and, and it doesn't even have to be in coaching, it could be in any industry. How do exactly. people find that balance of how much they give away versus not? Or is it just something you do? And again, using the law of reciprocity or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. We mm-hmm. see it come back to
1: us. Well, that's a great question. And yes, I do believe that we need to give value. We need to share knowledge and information, but it is important to have the balance. And it goes back to being able to really own and value your own worth, your skill set, your expertise, your experience. Everyone wants to be given value, everyone wants to feel appreciated. And at the same time, and I'm so glad you brought up the word balance, it's so important that you have the right to be compensated for your skills, for your abilities, for your talents. But we also have to invite people in the door. You know, People buying from people, we have to invite them in the door. And we do that by sharing. And and I don't mean giving it all away, but I also, every time I see whether it's a webinar and I've done them myself, I've done, you know, multiple, especially in the last year and a half with so many people being home, I've done multiple free webinars and talks. And I always make sure that there is something concrete that the audience can take with them and implement, whether they choose to work with me or not. So I think that's part of it for me to and the deciding factor. Make sure there is something concrete, some knowledge, some tool some action step that they can take with them and implement that could better their lives in some way, regardless of whether they work with you or not. And then you get to the point, of course, if they want, we're we're all going to do better if we get the help to get there. So if they come back to keep asking questions, how should I do this? How should I do that? You know, then of course, I think you need to engage in a professional business relationship but value first, value add first, and then you continue to cultivate from there.
0: Lenny, every time we speak, I learn something new today. I learned a lot of new things and that's why I always really appreciate talking to you. I'm more appreciative that we're able to do this to share our conversation with others so they too can benefit. So thank you so much for that. Before I let you go, just a couple of uh, quick questions. One, uh, your your new book, My Reinvented Life, where will that be available? And again, if you could just tell us the date when it will be released.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, It will be released August 17th. So coming up and on Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
0: Fantastic. And before I let you go, I ask every guest this question when I'm able. At the end of the day, you still have a lot of life to live, a lot of value to give, but at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? What type of mark do you wanna leave on this earth?
1: Oh, I love that question. I want to inspire hope. And can I share a, a quick little story with you that this exemplifies it for me? When I first talked about some trauma that I had been through completely devastated and I was on a stage sharing that this woman came up to me and afterwards and said, I just don't understand. I said, what don't you understand? And she said, you were horribly victimized. I said, you understand that perfectly. But then she stood back and said, but nothing about you says victim. I said, you understand that perfectly as well because that's my choice. So I want people to feel empowered that regardless of what's happened to them externally, and I know some people have been through so much traumatic things, I want them to know that they still have the power within them to begin again. And if there's something else you want to be, do, or have, I hope that you honor yourself and do just that.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Eleni Anastos, welcome to the American Real family. We finally did it. Uh, You are a great friend. I appreciate you very much. Best of luck on your book. And people, please reach out to her, EleniAnastos.com, if you want to learn more about her coaching. And thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Roger. It's been great.
0: Thanks for tuning into American Real sure to visit our website americanreal.tv or search for us on itunes or youtube for past episodes while you're there please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show i am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support if you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching check out the american real learning academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.